Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Unmute, Howard. Howard. Okay. How about another hand for the music team? Yeah. Okay. 
Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills, and welcome to our online viewers. I'm Chuck Manastra, and I'll be the platform assistant today, sharing the announcements and upcoming events, and a lot is happening over the next several weeks. <laughs> if you are a first-time visitor, please take a welcome packet from the usher as you leave the sanctuary. Join us after service in the social hall for fellowship, fun, and conversation with one another. Our loving hospitality team has prepared refreshments and some delicious treats for your enjoyment. Our annual Heart of the Holiday, formerly Adopt-A-Family, runs now through December 10th. Our gift-giving tree is in the front lobby with the family's wishes hanging on the tree. Please pick a wish, shop for the gift, and bring the wrapped gift to church no later than Sunday, December 10th. Join Critical Conversations on Zoom tomorrow at 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. These conversations help us gain a greater understanding of one another's different perspectives and to grow closer to one another as a church family. To join the conversation, click on the Zoom link on our website. Join us next Sunday, December 3rd, for All Music Sunday. Enjoy a Sunday morning service of uplifting and inspirational music and songs by our amazing music team. Music team! The Veterans Peer Support Group will not meet next Sunday, December 3rd, due to the Theater Fun Day activities, which I'll talk about next. So next Sunday is Theater Fun Day. It will be truly an afternoon of fun and excitement. The hospitality team is preparing a special light luncheon, and we will enjoy special entertainment before we leave the church for the theater. I have no idea what that is, mm -hmm. but it's going to be it'll it's be fun. It's a surprise. I'm sure. <laughs> the play begins at 2 p.m. If you have not picked up your tickets for the play, please see Lois Jones immediately after service today. Lois in the back. And one extra ticket is still available. So Lois has one extra ticket um, for the Theater Fun Day for next week. On Chris, our Christmas decorating party is Saturday, December 9th from 12 to 4 p.m. Please join the merriment and festivities as we decorate and beautify our spiritual home. Let's get the party started. Sunday, December 10th is Friends and Family Sunday. Invite your friends and family to come experience our loving and vibrant spiritual community. In an effort to be proactive, we will be in enforcing previous safety training and procedures we receive for securing the building when it is occupied. Ringing doorbells will be installed at both main entrances. Effective Sunday, December 10th, the back door will be locked at 10.10 a.m. during Sunday services. After 10, 10 a.m., the front door must be used. Effective January 7th, the front door will also be locked at 10.25 a.m. The front door will be monitored and open for latecomers. We need five or six men to serve as door monitors. Five or six men mm. to serve as door monitors. Lois told me to emphasize that. If you are interested, please see our Pathfinder leader, Lois Jones. Um, for this important assignment. And we, the reason that we want five or six is so we can rotate and it's not something that one or two people have to do every week. So thank you in advance, men, for volunteering for that important job. There will be no prayer chaplain today to personally pray with you. However, you may leave your prayer request in the prayer box outside of the sanctuary. And to stay abreast of all our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's mailed every Friday. And now, as the music teams sing Surely the Presence, let us prepare for the daily word 
and our opening prayer and meditation. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Ah, what a beautiful day today. <clears throat> did you all have a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, I did too. Today's my brother's birthday. I'm excited. To, he is 53 years old. He's two years younger than me. Okay, well, let's go ahead and go into uh, the reading of the daily word. So I invite you, if you feel led, to gently close your eyes, take a deep breath to breathe it in. Sunday. November 26th, 2023, Grace. Today we affirm, I trust grace is my constant blessing. Our message reads, as an expression of God, I do not ever worry about earning God's approval or favor. Grace is my assurance that I am one with God and heir to all God is. I, I know oneness during times of deep spiritual communion, understanding I am fully human and fully divine. Through these, this awareness, my experience of grace deepens. I, I understand grace as more than a gift from God and begin to see it as an aspect of my divine inheritance. Grace is not a blessing that I need hope for. It is the blessing I can count upon. It is trusting I will have what I need when I need it, that my support will come to me even from those the most unlikely channels. Grace is knowing that God is with me and within me throughout my life. Our Bible verse for today comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Let us pray. So with our eyes gently closed, let's just take a deep cleansing breath. Bring your attention down into your heart center. And just allow your heart to feel open as we rest in a feeling of peace and love. knowing that wherever we are, even in this right now moment, God is right here with us and all is well. So as we sit in this space, knowing that there is only one power, only one presence, only one activity active in our lives and in the universe, 
our hearts fill with grat gratitude because we know we are never alone. God, we know that whatever we go through, you're right here with us. And as we sit in this right now moment, we release, we let go, we let you, God. We, we let you perfect everything that concerns us. We release our human experience right now, our human understanding. We let the Christ take lead. Open us up to receive your message. Open us up to understand your message. Open us up to be the expression of your message. And as we just sit just for a little bit in a feeling of peace, we let you radiate love from the inside out so deeply that it can be felt by the, next, the person beside us and everybody in this room radiating out into the world. Thank you for so many things to be grateful for and thankful for. Those things that we are consciously aware of and those things that we are not consciously aware of. We lift this prayer with our open hearts attuned in our nature of the Christ within. Thanking you for loving us no matter what. And so it is, and we let it be. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's go ahead and affirm our growth, our UFH growth affirmation, knowing that it is working. And if you look around this room, you see it is. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate 
spirit-filled world.
they always have a knack. They always have a knack for singing something that touches me deeply. I want you guys to think about what they say. Touch the untouchable. Reach the unreachable. Forgive the unforgivable. I don't have any tissue. <laughs> Find the unfindable. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Oh. <laughs> thank you all. Oh my gosh, that is deep. The, the reason... Why does this touching me so deeply? Because in my life, I was the one that for me was unforgivable. I thought I did things in my life that couldn't ever be forgiven. I didn't see how God would love me for telling my daughter when I'm angry with her. I wish I'd have thrown you away. Your words don't hurt just the person, they hurt you. And so this is deep for me because forgiveness has been one of the greatest things that I have ever done in my life. And it has been easier for me to forgive other people than to forgive myself. I don't know about y'all, but that has been the case for me. So you can clap. So this is that, that moved me deeply, and I walk in a state of liberation and freedom because I moved in a place of letting myself off the hook, of crucifying myself over and over again for things that were in the past, reliving it and beating myself over and over again. And now I live in a state of freedom that I deserve all good things that God has for me. That not only do you deserve it, because I saw it in other people, I could see it in you easily, but I deserve it no matter what I do either. So whoever else feels that way, you deserve it, and I'm glad you let yourself off the hook. And if you have not, I speak to you right now that you are right now letting yourself off the hook, and you walk in the freedom that Jesus walked in, and that we all walk in when we do that. Forgiveness is so powerful. Thank you for that song. Can we give them another hand, please? Oh, my goodness. So I guess I was due for a good cry in front of y'all, huh? <laughs> so we are, we are moving through the book of Revelation. And a lot of ministers say that that is a difficult book to interpret and, and um, express and, and share and go into. And a lot of congregants want to go into that book because it is difficult to understand and, and share and get and live into. And so we've, we've been moving through this in the first part of the book that, you know, is the introduction and a prologue. And then you have the vision that Jesus gave of himself to John so that there are different aspects of John who Jesus was really close to as a disciple. Jesus, John was one of Jesus' closest disciples. As a matter of fact, when you read in the Bible, 
all of the miracles, John, who represents our spiritual love, James, his brother, who represents our wisdom, they're both sons of Zebedee, and then Peter, who represents faith, are in every single miracle. So John, which represents that love, that oneness, that experience of God deep inside of you, is a powerful, powerful part of ourselves that is beautiful to ignite. And so John and James were best friends, were really close friends, to the point that Jesus gave the um, care of his mother into John's arms, into John's hands. Now to give that which is sacred to you, that gave birth to you, into the hands of someone else, you must truly trust that person. So he had a deep relationship with John. And so when Jesus resurrected into the Spirit, he came to John as one of the disciples, as John was living and demonstrating Jesus' word. Jesus came to him while he's in exile at Patmos, and he gives him this message to share with the churches of Asia Minor back then. Now it's called modern Turkey. And so we are studying the first, the second segment of Revelation, which is the seven churches. The churches represent seven aspects of consciousness. And the message that Jesus has for each one of the churches is demonstrating something inside of us that when we ignite it or celebrate it or strengthen it, will bring us into the fullness in our consciousness of Christ. Does that make sense to everybody? The seven churches represent us too. It's seven facets of your consciousness. Your church temple, which you live and walk and move and breathe and have your being in, the inner consciousness of it is your inner church. How you express it is your outer church. You guys coming here is our inner church. Us together in assembly and in this community is our inner church. How you demonstrate that as you go out represents what you are in here. Does that make sense? So it's the same thing as us as individualized expressions of God and as us as members of Unity of Farmington Hills and how we demonstrate it out. One of the things that Jesus wanted to do to each one of these churches, which went along the Roman postal route, so we talked about the church in Ephesus, which represents spiritually your desire. He was telling them to bring back that first love, that first desire you had to know God on a deeper level, have a deep relationship and love with God, and then to demonstrate that love with others. And, and so he was telling them to bring that back because their actions did not have that love in it. And then, he talk, and then in the next uh, uh, ch church, he talks to Smyrna. Now Smyrna, he was praising because they stayed in a state of faith, no matter what. They were tuned in to the substance of God within. And because they were tuned in to the substance of God within, they had the sweetness of the faith, no matter what was happening. Even when their leader was killed, they still stayed in faith. No matter how much pressure was put on the church to worship the emperor or to worship idol gods, those false gods, they stayed faithful. So he praised Smyrna. Smyrna represents our, our spiritual substance, that God in you, that divine essence of all your creation inside of you. Then we went into Pergamum. Pergamum represents our intelligence. And Pergamum, actually, that, that 
church and that part of Revelations, that part is what we use when we do our white stone ceremony, that the name will be written on the stone, that as you overcome and become victorious, that new name will be written on your stone. Well, that's when you move from an intellectual thinking understanding of the truth and you, be, and you marry it, you unite it with the feeling and the oneness of the truth, and then you live in that state. And he was telling them, to stop compromising your values, stop compromising what you know to be true by letting things infiltrate you as a church and distract you from being fully in the expression of God. The next church that we talked about last week was Thyatira. And Thyatira represents your zeal, but it's deeper than zeal. It's your zeal, and it is your zeal rooted in power and faith. So it's being faithful to your faith, your love, your service, your commitment, your perseverance, and your desire to keep moving greater than you were when you first started in the relationship with God. Think about those facets of consciousness working together. Seven represents fullness. On the seventh day of creation, all was created and all was full, and then it demonstrated itself in our, as, a, as the law inside of us and in this world. The next church is the church of Sardis. And the title of my talk today is Jesus' Message to Sardis. Sardis is deep. <clears throat> I'm listening. Because as Jesus goes deeply into Sardis, just like he does all of us, there's aspects of us that are not alive that we're just going through the motions. So he's talking to this church and telling them, you need to wake up. Where inside of us do we need to wake up? Like for real, for real. I'm going to read the the letter to Sardis. And this is in Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It's not too, too long. And then we're going to dive into this because this is important because you can have this big prosperous church. Sardis was a big prosperous church in this um, city in Lydian um, back in that time. And they were up on a high hill where you could only get to it through a route, one route in one way. It was one entrance to it. And the rest of it was covered with rocks. So you had to like kind of do rock climbing to get to it. And so they thought they were impenetrable, like nobody could get them. Although they were conquered a couple times because they hadn't, they were so uh, puffed up in their confidence in where they were and how high they um, were up how high up they were and how difficult it was to get to them. And also, they were very rich because they had a lot of resources. So then they didn't even think to protect themselves. So they got conquered a couple times. And how many times do we get where we, um, where we th- thought we wanted to be, and then we just coast in that accomplishment? And you don't want to go any further. And someone else may come along and take and go beyond you and take your job or take your role or whatever because you've just coasted and stopped Stop being alert. We're going to go into this. It's Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. And it's, this is called the message to the church in Sardis. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the seven 
sevenfold spirit and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpectedly as a thief. Yet there are some in the church of Sar in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, their clothes with evil. Let me turn this page. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will, will, will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. And God, I'm thanking you that I have the ears to hear right now and that you are using me to share your message, not just with me, but to all of us, and that we may become the demonstration of that message. So my human decreases as I allow my spirit to come forth. Thank you, God. And so it is. Mm. Amen, amen. Okay. So as we go in here, now, I mentioned to you all that the letters have a certain format. They start off with um, the letter going, letter rather. I'm learning to pronounce my words more appropriately. So that you can hear the T instead of a D. The word is letter, not letter. <clears throat> so, <laughs> I'm saying. <clears throat> so, it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. Now, first of all, it's written to the angel of the church in Sardis. Now, one of the things that I notice is that Jesus keeps referring to the first chapter of Revelation in these letters to the uh, angels of the churches. And when he says about the angel of the church, it brings us back to Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, when he says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to his message and obey what it says, uh, for the time is near. Now, the one, the angel to the the angel that the letters are written to are really the leaders of the church, because back in the day, the leader would get the message or the, or the letter to read it out to, and then they'd stand with a scroll and they'd read it out to everyone. And so they were all, the letters were always addressed to the pastor, what we would consider the pastor, the leader of the church, leader of the church. So that's who this message is written to. And it says to Sardis, that there's, so there's two things in there. It's the message that comes from the messenger, which was God, uh, Jesus. And then it's the message that's given to the angel who is the leader of the church reading it as well. But the leader of the church gets inspired with the message and then shares the message as he or she is reading the message. Does that make sense? So the message is meant to, to ignite the messenger so that the life of the message comes forth and ignites the heart of everyone else. That wasn't happening then. That wasn't happening. This message is from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. Now, these pieces are important because this was revealed to John when you read in chapter 1. And I suggest that you read this. It's a pretty interesting um, 
book. And as you read it and then we have these services, it'll ignite even more understanding in you as you sit in the Spirit and test the Spirit by the Spirit. But in Revelation chapter 2, chapter 1, Jesus gives this description to John where he says that he is the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars. The seven stars represent the seven churches. The sevenfold spirit represents the Holy Spirit in the churches. Seven represents fullness. So it's the fullness of the expression of the Holy Spirit in you. So the divine mind of God is tuned into our mind. The divine ideas of God we think upon. The divine expression, which is the Holy Spirit of God, becomes a holy expression in us, and we go out and demonstrate it in the world. Does that make sense? So as he says, this is from the one who holds the sevenfold spirit of God, it is the Holy Spirit that was demonstrated in Jesus so fully that he was able to resurrect his body, release his soul, and then bring it back into his body that his body can never, can never, can never, can never die again. Now, he resuscitated other people when he brought them back to life, but they died again. When Jesus brought his own spirit back or allowed God to bring his spirit back into his body, it was so that it never could die again. So that he could interchange into being a physical presence and a spiritual presence as he, was, as he chooses. Does that make sense to you all? Let me tell you something that's hitting me deep, deep, deep. Oh, somebody dropped something over here. I know that squirrel, squirrel moment. What Jesus did, all of us can do as well. He said it to us. These things I do, you can do also. But you can only do it if you stay in tune with the Spirit in you. Do you get that? If you keep it alive in you, instead of just going through the motions, you keep that alive in you. Jesus is talking to this church and he says, I see all the things that you do, which means that that's the omnipresence of God, the omniscience of God, and the omnipotence of God. God is so powerful in the presence of God that God can be present inside of your hearts, even in your minds, and knows what you're doing, knows what you're thinking about what you're about to do before you do it. And he's talking to these churches. So it's a, it's a blessing for us all. Because when Jesus said, we're two or more gathered in my name, he meant it. He meant the nature of his name, which is the Christ of Jesus. And the Christ of Jesus is everywhere present. The Christ, the God in you is everywhere present. And is talking to you right now saying, I know what you are doing. I know what you are doing. I know what you're thinking. I'm right here with you. That last part of our prayer for protection, wherever I am, what is it? God is, and what else? All is well. But do you always feel that all is well? And do you always know that wherever you are, God is? Like for real. Do you ever come into that consciousness where you always, every moment of the day, know that right here, right now, God is with me, and all is well? You're going through COVID-19, and you're right here, oh God, you're with me, and all is well. I did that. I, did, I feel yucky than yuck can yuck. But I literally did that. I knew God was with me. I felt the presence of God with me. I laughed of it. I said it don't feel good. It doesn't feel well, but I know I'm okay. And those of you who communicated with me during that time, you know that's what I was going, I was feeling. I was laughing and still talking, even though I was coughing in between the laughing. 
The movement of God was with me. And this is important because it helps you to feel, instead of feeling suffering through the whole thing, you feel uplifted in the presence of the thing. It's an, it's an oxymoron. You're going through bronchitis and asthma, feeling of asthma and can't breathe and congestion, but you're still praising God in the spirit of it. Because I knew that me experiencing it meant that I was still alive. I was still alive. And even though I got it on my cruise with my husband, I would have done it again because that was a beautiful experience with him. And it was a beautiful experience of overcoming that fear and coming into a liberation of my life. Amen? Where is the life? Is what he's saying. Where is the life in this church? And you are not fulfilling it to the, to the requirements of my God. You're not putting it all into it and according to what I would consider is attributing and is honoring and is blessing and is referencing my God. Do you feel that everything you do, everything you say, and the way you walk in your life is literally referencing, honoring, being reverenced to, and worshiping God? Like your very thoughts, your very words, your very walking down the hall and smiling at someone. You can have a smile that just says, oh, I'm just acknowledging them. And you can have a smile that embraces them and says, not only am I acknowledging you, I love you, whether I know you or not. I love you. And the person walks away embraced. That's because the life in you is touching the life in them. And it feels good, especially when you try it. That's our assignment for this week. Find strangers who you don't know and lock eyes with them and talk to them with your eyes that you are a child of God. I see you. I see you. And what I see is amazing. And watch the life in them light up because of the life in you. This was a big church. They were doing really well. And they were putting, doing all these outreach and all this stuff. And they had a lot of hustle and bustle and activity. But when you went in there, you never felt acknowledged. You didn't feel a life force in there. You walked out feeling like you were just a speck that just went through and floated on out the door. Jesus is saying that if you don't, if you don't acknowledge me and it, what's the purpose of doing it? You're not honoring God in it. You're just trying to make this church grow. You're just trying to make your quotas. You're just trying to pay your bills. I promise you, faith and I pay the bills to the glory of God. And the board has heard me say, no, no, no. We're not going into a space of limit. We know it's here. We have a consciousness of prosperity. God's going to give us what we need. But if you don't have that ignited inside of you, how you know? So what does it start? It starts with going back to what you heard in the first place. You remember how you felt when you first came into unity? You felt this embraced love, this deep knowing and understanding on a deeper level. Jesus said, go back to what you heard and what you believed at first. What did you hear? What did you believe? What makes you stay here? Not just what made you come, but what made you stay here when you got to unity? And I'm not just saying unity of Farmington Hills. I'm saying in unity or in, a, in an idea of it, what made you stay? What, what belief was ignited in you that kept you like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I love how that feels. And then you kept going. 
Jesus says, return, come, come back. Remember that. Remember how you felt when you first started. Do you know that feeling, that in love feeling when you first remember the person who you were in love with, the love of your life? I remember when I met Howard. I don't know if he remembers when he met me, but I remember when I met you, Howard. You remember that, it ignites that memory. The memory becomes alive in you and you feel that feeling again. And Jesus is saying, return to that feeling. Return to the belief it ignited in you. And then when you, well, remember it first, then return to be the expression of it. And when you return to be the expression of it, that's what repenting is. Repenting is acknowledging, ooh, I have veered way off course. I'm supposed to be over here, and I'm way over here. Turn that rudder, your consciousness, back over. Remember where you're supposed to be and where you started. And then turn back. That's repenting. Turn your mind, turn your feelings, turn your thoughts, turn your consciousness back. Now you're on the route on where you're truly intended to go. Does that make sense to everybody? So we remember faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the word of God. Why? Because it ignites. The, when you hear the word of God, the vibration of the words ignites the spirit in you. So Jesus keeps saying those who hear the word of spirit must understand, listen to it first, and then understand what he's saying to the churches. But if you aren't really hearing it, bring it, listening and bringing it in, it won't ignite it inside of you. You have to go inside and let it ignite itself inside of you and then light itself up. And if you ain't there yet, keep going because you're going to get there. And it's what you need to feel the presence of joy and to feel the presence of life and no matter what you're going through. And if you haven't gone through anything, live a little bit longer, I've heard, and you will. And I believe it now. And if you have, trust me, you're going to go through something else again. Because trials and tribulations are a part of life. Whether it's full of, as a church or individual, trials and tribulations. We had our trials and tribulations at Unity of Frampton Hills this year, haven't we, y'all? And we've walked through it because we had total trust and total faith. Before I came, y'all had y'all trials and tribulations, didn't you? But you kept the faith. The faith keeps you alive, keeps you moving forward. When I came in there, I felt life. I felt life. It's like if you take a plant, you break off a piece of it, and you stick it in water, and it starts to take root. And then it continues to grow and becomes this big branch. That's what we were here when I came, a remnant that was put in water, that was groomed nicely and put in water, waiting to grow. And then we came together. And I say that because I truly believe this was an assignment for me to come to you all and for you all to cultivate yourself, the remnant that was here for me to, be, to, me to come. Now, that is what was like Sardis, that little bit of people, those few people who still had that life in them is who he's talking to. He's saying, continue to stay in that space of being alive because you will infiltrate and purify those who are not alive. It, it only takes a minute. What will happen is either people will get tired of you being in your life's force and they'll leave, but that's perfect because it'll leave room for someone else to come into their spot. Or they'll change themselves and they'll get ignited by the Spirit of God in them and they'll start walking in and be lit up as well. Amen? 
don't know about y'all, but I want to be the kind of light that takes this, maybe fake, but I'll just imagine with me, that can go over and take another a candle and light it as well from my spirit. And that it won't take anything from me because being the light to light it lights me up deeper so that I'm lighting even brighter than I was before I lit the first one. And that every time I go and light another one and another one and another one is lighting me up greater because my life is getting stronger because God knows how much life you need to be able to ignite the life where you are. Are you ready to walk even more deeply in the life breath that you are, your life force that you are? And before you go, yeah, I want you to give me a roaring yes. Are you ready to be God's life more deeply? Yes. Woo. It's something about that that wakes you up. And he's saying, wake up and be alert. Now, he also says something that seems like an oxymoron. He said, if you are asleep, I'm going to creep in like a thief, unexpectedly like a thief in the night. He tells us, you never know when the second coming, quote, unquote, is going to happen. The second coming is actually when you move into this commitment of the presence of God and nothing can stop you from being that presence, nothing can stop that relationship, nothing can tear you away from the presence of God. And I promise you, when I committed myself to God 20 years ago, I had no idea what I was doing, but I am so grateful I did it because every time I get in my way, God moves me out of the way because I gave God permission to, whether I'm aware of it or not, I gave God permission that time once and for all. So I don't have to keep saying, you have permission, God, you have permission. I said, if it, anybody gets in my way, you have permission to take that person out of my way of expressing you more fully, even if that person is me. And I realize it's always me because I always choose whether or not to have someone go in front of me. And I'm committed to that promise. And I will never go back because it's the greatest promise I've ever given to God. That covenant, that commitment, that light me up. And every time I think of it, I get lit up even more, in case y'all hadn't noticed. I'm asking you, where is it that you need to light that space up even more in your consciousness? It might be forgiveness. It might be feeling worthy. It might be purifying something inside of you that's holding you back. What is next for you to do? And have you lit it up in your commitment to it? And does the world know, not just because you tell them, because, but because your actions demonstrate it? Yes or no? And if they do... Do you feel purified in it? Are you digging down and pulling up the roots that are blocking you from being the expression of it? That white cloth represents the pureness of God being demonstrated in you. Cloth is your consciousness being ignited by the Holy Spirit. You can't do it yourself, but you can give permission to the power in you that can do it to do it inside of you, to cleanse your, your consciousness, your cloth, to cleanse you and make your heart white as gold. I'm not gold. White is white. White is clouds. Snow, thank you. White is snow. But we have to commit to this. Having your name, your name is your nature. Written in the book of life means that you are in the playing field playing. You're out there playing in the game. Instead of holding back and criticizing other people, you're out there in the game. One of the things that I did to ignite spirit in us 
Beginning of this year, I started having spiritual communions. And I got it from unity, actually. The script that we use, there's two types. There's the call and response one, that I, that, that, um, and it's the one that I started off where I was doing all the talking. But I felt with that one that unity that I got from this little thumb drive that I get all these things. That's why most, all of the stuff that I do here, even the Advent, from unity. From unity. It's a spiritual way of doing it. There's something to putting it in your mouth and drinking the, the, the wine, which Jesus had them do. But there's something else to using the power of your imagination to ignite it inside of you. To where when that, that bread and that wine is digested and goes through you, that when you do it through your imagination, you've ignited it on spirit. You've, woke it, you've awakened the life of that power inside of you and that it can never be shut down again. There's something deeper on that level. And because unity goes deeper, metaphysically, I figured that let's do this on a deeper level. Let's not just acknowledge the 12 powers. Let's ignite those 12 powers. So that's the part I added into the script was each one of the powers and the affirmation that it's connected to. So that as we affirm it in the spirit of ourselves, we become the vibration and the life of that spirit. This month is November. And it's so powerful, y'all, that I have released uh, so many fears inside of myself in this month of elimination and renunciation. I mean, fear after fear, after, and it wasn't even my fears. When you investigate it, where did this come from? Oh, I don't have a reference to that. I never did that before. One of my friends, that was my mama. It wasn't even me. Release what's holding you back. Wake up that part of you that's fallen asleep. When he says it's dead, he means spiritual, spiritually fallen asleep. Let's, you know how you said that yes and it, knocked, um, it looked like it knocked the roof off? Walk around with that type of life in you. And I do have that assignment for you. When you look in someone's eyes, find someone you don't know and look at them with a smile on your face through your eyes. When I had my mask on, I still did it. Embrace them. I see the light in you which is your life. I love the light in you, which is your life. Nothing can stop me from loving that in you. And let them smile into it too. Let's do that as individual lights, that as we come together, we become the full light. And the life in those lights glow so deeply that they feel it past Orchard Lake and past Farmington Road, that there is no mistake who your life is dedicated to because you're tuned into the life that you are in existence of. Amen? You know what? I'm done. But I found heaven as love's 
my God, I love that song. Let's give them another hand, please. Oh my gosh, Lauren, you were lit up. I love that love, I love that song. Oh, I'm glad you didn't sing that one. I would have really been boo-hoo and boo before. Oh my gosh, I'm so lit up. You know what I mean? You guys lit up from that song or just me? Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you. Um, what, what am I supposed to do next? I'm so lit up. Um, love offering blessing. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do our um, love offering blessing. But I want to do this piece that, um, that Faith gave me that we used to do when I first got here. It's called an offertory celebration. And I'm going to read the first part. Then you guys will read the second part. And then we will do the, the love offering blessing. But this is a celebration of our prosperity. So just receive this. Thank you, God, for these gifts of love coming from hearts of love to bless this ministry of love. And I want you to repeat after me. Just ignite. Put your hand over your heart. Feel the life inside of you. The life lit up in this room, in this sanctuary. And repeat after me. Thank you, God, for your ever-increasing unceasing flow of absolute good into our lives now. Now close your eyes and bring to mind what you feel led to give for your love offering for today's service and let it come to you deeply and feel yourself one with it, that it is not you giving, it is God giving it through you, that God, that source that gave it to you. And let's stand up. I feel that we got to honor God. Let's stand up as we pray our love offering blessing together. That's one way that they would do it, is it and then we're do, doing it today, is just to stand before the, the grace of God, the honor of God, the altar of God in your heart, stepping into the life of God that we are. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And I want anybody whose birthday is in November, um, the rest of us sit down. They stand, keep standing. Those of you who have a birthday in November, anybody birthdays in November? Ah, look at these birthdays in November. Let's go ahead and sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. You are wonderful. Psych. seated. And then anybody who had anniversaries, happy anniversary to you as well. We're going to find something. We can say happy anniversary. I don't know, but we'll find something. Maybe the Fred Flintstones one. I don't know. Let's stand so we can do our prayer for protection. I know we're going to up, down, up, down, but to give you some activity and some workout. Work out at church. Ah, take a deep breath. Ah, feel that presence of God in you, that life in you. And let's go ahead and that, we're not just praying this for us in here. We're praying this for the, everyone in this world and the universe. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Praise God, there's peace on earth. I know it begins with me. Praise God, there's peace on earth. The peace that was meant to be with God. 
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.